Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Kindness, the AOK. Yeah. And they're singing outburst number one. This is our third episode, and you know what they say third time's the charm. Of course, all of our guests have been charming so far, but today's, she literally glows. <laughs> You'll get that joke in a moment. Or maybe you won't. I think it was super corny. So whether you're listening to this on a nice walk or relaxing on the beach or while driving in the car on a fun summer road trip, hey, beep, beep, drive safe. I hope this chat brings you so much joy. Today's guest is actor, writer, director, and producer Kimmy Gatewood. She is all about female empowerment and making people smile. I first became a fan of hers from watching her on the acclaimed Netflix series Glow. Do you get my joke from earlier now? Huh? It wasn't really much of a joke. Kimmy and her Glow castmates earned SAG nominations and are just incredible to watch. Clearly, Netflix loves working with her too because she just directed their comedy, Good on Paper, which has been making that coveted top 10 chart on Netflix. If you haven't seen it already, pause this right now and go watch. Why do I feel like you didn't pause this? All right, fine. If you want to stick around, I will give you the log line. Good on Paper follows stand-up comic Andrea Singer, who has finally found love with the seemingly perfect guy. While he may check all the boxes on paper, <laughs> she begins to suspect he's not all he appears to be. Mmm. Kimmy and I talk all about her new film and all of the important messages wrapped up inside of it. She also so kindly opens up about handling rejection in this crazy business and how we can make the industry kinder all around. I had a blast talking with her and I think everyone in this industry can learn a lot from her journey. Without further ado, please welcome the kind Kimmy Gatewood. Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Lammed up for you. I know you look so nice. (laughs) This blazer, you guys unfortunately can't see her, but she is, she's looking sharp. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm super pumped. Of course, as am I. Oh, I'm I'm such a big fan. I mean, come on. (laughs) Thank you. And I, I feel like this podcast is just going to make me feel great for weeks to come. So I'm very oh, excited. Just you wait. Uh, I hope so. Well, I should have asked you this like right off the bat. How are you at taking compliments? I'm getting better at it. 
um, it, it, for a long time, being a comedian, you're just like, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still do that thing though, where they're like, oh my gosh, I love your blazer. And I'd be like, oh, I'm just renting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or you're just like immediately deflect and you're like, well, I love your blazer too. Yeah. And yeah. Then exactly. They say, I don't have a blazer on sir, ma'am. Um, <laughs> well, now that I asked you, I can say, I, I admire you so much. And the way your work is not only entertaining, but empowering you know from glow to I listen to I mean it's it's not for me but I listen to the mother of all shows podcast and oh, which is so you. informative everybody go listen and subscribe to now good on paper which is streaming on Netflix y'all you truly seem to approach everything with empathy and it just shines through so thank you for that from a little fan over here thank um, you <laughs> That's that's a very I've never received a, a, an observation like that before of my work, but it how it's how I exist as a person. So thank you. Oh well, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I've heard you're just such a kind person, and it really shines through your work. And I'm just going to keep complimenting you for like 45 minutes. <laughs> so buggle up. I would love to know what does kindness mean to you when you hear that word. I think uh, kindness is uh, listening, and I think kindness is letting people know what you're thinking on the inside. Uh, if mm. you're having a thought about them, you should just tell them. And uh, I think also there's two ways you can approach any problem. And there's the way that you can be anxious and frustrated by it, or you can approach it with giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm. I love that. I know that's, that's such an interesting answer, letting everyone know what's going on on the inside. I think people are so afraid to do that right now. And that's definitely something your film deals with, which I want to get into. But first, did you feel like growing up, you know, before you got to where you are today, was kindness something you saw in your childhood? Was there a role model you had that you wanted to emulate? Or do you feel like now kindness is something that you really focus on and practice? My, I come from a family of very thoughtful people. They're the type of people that write thank you notes are the type of people who you know, write you your birthday card, send you the $2 bills who will write a little note on the back where something's from. Hence, like why I like definitely hold on to things longer than I should be just because oh, I'm same. like, so and so gave me this and it was so special when they gave it to me and I love it so much. <laughs> I know. Marie Kondo is like, does it bring you joy? And I'm like, yes, it does. Yes, it, it, does. Everything. Yes, it, does. it certainly does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, they were all so uh thoughtful and kind and and I just really liked being around it. Even and on my dad's side, he's one of 13 children. Wow. And which is a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like my grandparents would take me to the Kennedy Center to go see a play. And just these like notice, like when people notice your interest and in, foster them. I think that that's uh, also really nice. So yeah, I've had, and they're also very uh, diplomatic and mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, they're very, like, if you're like, just right down the middle, like they don't want to talk about anything controversial for better or for worse. Yes. <laughs> but, but I think, but I think what that does is it just like, you know, uh, they're, they're very open to just like be, being in the middle on listening to both sides, which mm. I think is just a part of like, being a good person is listening. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to live in the gray. I feel like so many people are black and white and, and and they don't, they only see one side. And I just feel like I'm constantly trying to be in the middle 
I'm glad your family does that because now I'm coming over for Thanksgiving because <laughs> it's rare that a family <laughs> sticks to that way. You know what I mean? Um, you can come over to my Thanksgiving. It's called, we have a Friendsgiving and we usually have between 40 and 60 people in our little house, which started off in a one bedroom apartment. We had 40 people. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm in now. I just so love crazy. it. I yeah. love it. I love having people over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's one of the best holidays. Food, people. Well, your family must be so proud of you. What are their thoughts on this whole thing? Because you said they really fostered your passion growing up. And it's all it takes is one person, right? You just need that one person that's going to take you to theater. For me, that was my grandma. So that's amazing you had that. Like, what are they What are they saying now? Well, they. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable because for about you know 20 years, I was just like, hustling, always had side jobs and glow kind of turned everything around for Mm -hmm. me. Here's a, here's a funny fact. Uh, (laughs) my mom and dad don't have Netflix and they've never seen what (laughs) Ah, we got to hook them up, get them like a promo code. Well, I sent my dad, uh, Netflix sent my dad a link to the movie. So he watched the movie, which was awesome. I was so happy that he got to watch the movie. Um, they're very much out of the business. They work in like, accounting, construction, the government, Mm -hmm. UPS, you know, like they're not anywhere near Hollywood at all. Um, as like, but they just, uh, were always, always so supportive. Like my mom is the, the, she does not judge anyone for any of their choices. Like she's just amazing like that. And so when I was either going to go to University of Maryland for biology or Syracuse University for theater and chose theater because they cost the same with my scholarships. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I look back and I'm like, that took so much strength as a mother. <laughs> yeah. To say, okay, we'll pay <laughs> to go. And I like, you know, I, would, I, I was doing work study. Like it was, you know, yeah. it, it, it was it was a lot of like straight A's to go to theater school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, the fellow TV film theater uh, major right here. And I totally get that. It's, it's actually to the point I'm lucky where my family is very supportive too, but it's to the point where I'll go to these family parties and they're like, I did like a commercial and they were like, why don't you do more of those? That would, that would <laughs> really help. Get, or, why don't you get that? <laughs> why aren't you in more movies? You know, I saw this TV show. You would have been great in that part. I'm like, it's actually really hard. Yeah, so hard. Yes. I know my, I, I'm sure you, you uh, share this, but you know, usually my m- most successful, like they view me as most successful. Like I did a commercial with Peyton Manning once and they're like, wow, oh. she's made it. You yep. know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I that mine was like a T-Mobile commercial and they were like, "Oh, I've heard of T-Mobile. Wow, that's." Yeah. yeah. Mm, they're going to give you a free phone for life. I'm like, "Not how it works." Also no. not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, you know, reading up on you and and learning more, I love how one of your missions is to create more female-driven comedy. And I read somewhere that people told you when you were starting out that they don't hire women specifically for directors. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it, it was, it was kind of like, well, you don't have experience. They didn't say blatantly. I think, you know, yeah. we don't hire women because you can't legally say that. <laughs> <laughs> Although it'd but, be easier just go say what's going on inside your head and then we can banish you. Rude yeah, people. yeah. But you know, it was, it was definitely a thing. I mean, if you even look at just like, the percentages of studios, uh, studio films directed by women, it's very low. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, it was, it would be hard to get an interview. Like you had to have so much experience 
to even get in the door. And even then they're like, well, you haven't done it, so you can't do it. So there was mm-hmm. no, it just felt like there was no way in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a very shorthand. They don't hire women, but, yeah. um, but it, it, it just, the path in the door in there was, there was no, I, I couldn't see a way in. So, you know, I just started um, making my own stuff and, and it, it wasn't until like these initiatives kind of came out that a door opened and I leaped in and mm-hmm. it just, it just happened to be when I did glow. So I had visibility as yes. a person in the industry. So it was very kismet in terms of like, I was ready for the opportunity. What is it like luck plus preparation? preparation. Means, yeah. It's like, that, that's exactly what it was. I had been preparing for that moment and mm. luckily it all just kind of came together. So I got like my first DGA gig uh, when I was doing glow first season wow. glow, I had to take off an episode of glow to do this episode of uh, just sad magic. And they were very supportive of it. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I know you, you have been directing for a while. This was your, this is your first feature film. Uh, this is right? my first, yeah. Yeah. This is my first feature film narrative feature. I actually yes. did a documentary back in 2008 called <gasps> Nerdcore Rising about uh, a nerdcore rapper named MC Frontalot. He raps about the internet, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, stuff like that. <gasps> that's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love this theme of magic. That's like my, that's my thing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So now that you're reaching this place where you're someone people are looking up to is like mentoring something you're going to want to get involved with. Yeah. I've unofficially um, mentored uh, people when I can, you know, like um, I always tell young women that are trying to get into directing, like, like, let's just talk shop. Don't, you don't have to shadow me because you already know what you're doing unless you really, really want to, but Mm. like, you know what you're doing, just go continue to do it because writers, write, directors, direct, actors, act, just like for so long I was directing and didn't realize that it had that label on it. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm working on this person's sketch show or solo show. And I was like, no, you, you were directing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that in, in this industry. Like you don't, the titles can be kind of vague sometimes because it's, it's all creative, especially if you love it, you just start doing everything. Like someone said to me the other day, they're like, oh, you're producing a podcast. I was like, I'm just like talking into a microphone. Oh, and it's a lot of work. I am doing that. You know, so yeah, that's so true. You're writing, producing, hosting. Yeah, it's well, like give, give we'll it, <laughs> give it what, yeah, give the titles that you de- you know you deserve. You deserve the uh, reward for this hard work, even if it comes with a, just a little title. I guess it's like parking spots are so important to people. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's like the thing, and that's like the trope in movies. They get a parking spot, or someone takes it, and that's like such a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I worked so hard for this. Yeah, it's like get out of my spot. <laughs> um, well, yeah, well, you better have a good spot now at Netflix because I watched Good on Paper last night. You like that transition, and yeah. I enjoyed it so much. It was like a comedic Dirty John. Like I feel like it met me where I am, where I want this kind of dark vibe mixed with lightheartedness, just with what's going in the world. It's what I want to watch. And it was that. <laughs> is, is that what you felt like when you read the script? You know, I know you wanted to uh, work with them, but what what specifically made you want to make this movie? I, I loved the mystery of it. I'm a huge fan of like things like Dirty John and like even Gone Girl. You're like, what's going to happen? Yes, you know? Yeah. And uh and all those like 1940s thrillers. Uh, I love mm. all of them. And uh, I, 
I loved that aspect of it, but I also loved how funny it was. I loved that it was a complicated female character. I loved mm. that it was ultimately about like finding yourself and friendship. It was more of a coming of age story than anything. And um, I also just love that gross out scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, it had a loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I love so much about it. And I, it kind of also gave me foul play vibes in in a weird way with like Goldie Hawn, except you're right. Gaslighting or gaslight, gaslight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was thinking during it, I was like, I don't know if I've seen, I guess, you know, Dirty John, there are these things, but we're specifically with her the whole time. And I don't know if I've really seen that where you're with her, you're not with this, you know, privileged man that's conning someone. That's a totally different angle. So, and, and I loved the way it was interspersed with her standup. I thought that was so clever throughout. Okay. Now I'm like starting to just compliment you again. What's the question? Give a question. Um, I liked, uh, no, I, I, I did, uh, I did appreciate it. That was from the woman's point of view, because like a lot of times, uh, in these stories, you're like, Oh, she's so stupid. Like, why does she get wrapped up in that? Like, she's an idiot. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, it's a, a smart, intelligent woman who like usually expecting the best from people. Like usually you just trust people when you meet them. You're not mm-hmm. like, he's lying about where he's going to college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be a a weird quirk if you had that. That would be like a horrible existence, I think as well as a person. So I think seeing it from her point of view, you can see why these things continue to happen and perpetuate. It's definitely Mm. commentary on the type of person he is and how, you know, like he took advantage of her trust. And so like, and, and, uh, She's not an idiot at all. <laughs> no, you could see you could see why she starts to like him. That that came across so clear. And they talk about that a little bit in the end. I believe one of the kindest things that you can do for yourself is treat yourself to good snacks. I am such a foodie, and one of my favorites right now is Wisps. Wisps. Ah, it's even fun to say. Made from 100% real cheese, these airy and crispy bites come in nine flavors, and let me tell you, they are all amazing. Not only are they tasty, but they're a good source of protein and gluten-free. AOK listeners can receive 20% off their Amazon order when purchasing Wisps by using promo code 20WISPSAOK. That's 20 W-H-I-S-P-S-A-O-K. Happy snacking. I loved how much the film deals with how we perceive ourselves and also others, obviously, especially in the arts, I think the perception of oneself can be so taxing. I know for me, like going on audition after audition with self tapes or submitting your screenplay to who knows where and just like waiting for an email. I, I related to, you know, Andrea's journey in the film so much. You have this one audition scene in the beginning that is, it's so funny. It's obviously very funny, but it's so heartbreaking when you really break it down because she's trying her best to be creative and bring something fresh to this role only to have these men behind the table and and also like your lovely glow uh, co-star, Brittany, but these men behind the table dismiss her and then steal her idea. Yeah. Like, is that something that you've encountered I, uh, I, I definitely have been at auditions or like things that have meant so much to me. And I spent like hours getting ready, hours preparing, paying for like a coach. And then I get there and they're like, okay, just do like two pages. And they're eating like chicken salad while uh-huh. I'm in the audition. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or it's like in a crappy conference room where you're like, where do I sit? <laughs> you know, it's such a awful process. Um, and uh, I think it we we definitely celebrated the awfulness. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Oh, it was and, perfect. <laughs> yeah, Brittany played the casting director, Brittany Young from Glow, and then uh, Chris Smith and Adam Lustig. They're in a comedy group called the Harvard Sailing Team that uh, I um, that we perform my comedy group, the Applesons, perform with in New York, and now they are have their own careers in their own right. Like they are wow. superstars. Um, yeah, but they 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 improvised that last little bit, which I thought was so. <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. That, that, that made me laugh out loud. And I, I noticed, you know, there were a few cameos from your friends. Like, I loved how you you bring people in. And from what I hear as a director, you really lead such a positive and fun set. What's your approach for that? Because I think that's how we can start to make the industry all around just a kinder place. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just my experience as an actor. And uh, it's the little things like I for like even like during glow sometimes I'd be like I don't know where the camera is right now and <laughs> that just like you're like am I am I acting right now like am I going to give you my whole so I do like little things like for the actors at least to make them feel like safe and to make them feel like they can play they know what's going on because I feel like communication is key to running a positive set and just so that everybody knows what's going on they know how to prepare you can be mm. more efficient and I also think that, you know, the people are performing, they're doing like, they're working really hard, like, like the, the collaboration of it all and just celebrating the, the things that we do on the regular mm. in little ways, just being like, I love that. I love that costume. I love, you know, just again, what's going on on the inside, <laughs> say it on the outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, if you like something, tell them they would love to hear it. You know, <laughs> yes, I, they probably would. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody's coming from such a different place in this industry, like, you know, a crew and, and cast and, you know, cast is under enormous amount of pressure, like to deliver a performance, you know, in a very small amount of time, usually. Mm. Um, so, you know, I like to give the proper time and space and respect for the craft to happen and, you know, just, and, and create a, a vibe of play. I don't know how exactly that happens, but make it happen. <laughs> yes. Well, I can tell you just like from this vibe right now, like you, you just seem like a very open, kind person and an excellent communicator, which I think is what it kind of boils down to. Like you're saying, just say people exactly what you're thinking, because we're all raised differently. We come from different places. We we don't we might perceive someone who actually really likes us as hating us for some reason, just because they turned around or like, you know, little things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's amazing. And it makes sense why people are loving working with you. <laughs> Sometimes I, when I do enter a new set or some people that I don't know, I do feel like that those feelings, I'm like, do they like me? Like, you know, you get mm-hmm. that feeling. And my, my husband, when I get in that kind of space or mood, he's like, Kimmy, just write down how you feel. Yeah. And it really helps just like, I just have like a little directing journal of things that when I think I could do something better next time or if something went well, or if I'm feeling a certain way and like just processing things that way, I think really Mm. helps. Like you look at it and you're like, okay, I can see like how maybe I could act better the next time. Or, you know, this was, this worked because of this, but it doesn't work in the future. You know? (laughs) Yeah. That's really smart. Cause even if you never read it, it helps you process it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Process, which is what art is right. Process. Mm -hmm. It's just, one process after another, we actively make it worse when we're filming it. And then we have to fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause you're enjoying the process, which is what you should be doing. Uh, and that's great. You have someone that can ground you in that too. I know with my girlfriend, like I have to do a self tape later. And it's like, if you're just not in the right headspace, they're like, shut off that ring light. 
I'm going to play some Dolly Parton. Just get in a good headspace because it's so important to stay out of your own way. There's there's so much rejection in, in this industry. Did you ever struggle with that, you know, while you were auditioning, especially, did you ever struggle with your self-worth? Because it's hard not to place booking roles or working on things with that. Oh, yeah. I cried in my car so many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was the only I was, one. <laughs> yeah, I was the one next door. I, I was okay, also cool. crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I struggled with it. It was really hard for me to separate um, myself as a person with my art as an actor because... You know, I, I I don't know about you, but you know, when you get those close calls, like they're so exciting, but they're also like crush your soul. Like for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I tested for Saturday Night Live, which was my dream. It's all I ever wanted to do. Oh, I got yes. all the way to, to like testing at 8H um, in front of everyone. And then I didn't get it. And I felt like my, I was just like, what, what, who am I? Like I had to reevaluate all my dreams and goals and kind of start over again it felt like because they asked me to audition the next year and I just like didn't have it in me I don't know something like mm-hmm. it was just like I've did everything I could <laughs> I've ever done you know <laughs> oh, and is it true they don't laugh when when you're doing that just decide no I was told that they don't laugh and then uh they did laugh and it threw me off a little bit <laughs> so you must have been great <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but but I got some great feedback from the the writers, which was like so amazing. But it also was just like, <laughs> why didn't I get in? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. Now you're going to host one day. day, you know, years later. So that's mm. great. Um, and, uh, it, and like, you know, there was, uh, I almost um, <clears throat> got, uh, I got called back for like uh, the part of the office, you know, like there's like these things that. I'm like, this would have changed my life, but I'm like, I think I was looking at it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's not like that was mine to have. It was an opportunity that I got very close to, you know, it, it happens in directing as well, but for mm-hmm. some reason it doesn't break my soul as badly <laughs> as acting does. Well, that's good. <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, Rejection is very hard. And I, I don't yeah. know. I would love to find the person that knows how to deal with it. I think it's just mm-hmm. honestly experience and being in sticking with it long enough. You start yeah. to kind of understand, see behind the scenes. It's really is not personal. And, you know, like if you are talented, you will, somebody will find you because yeah. like everybody just wants you to come through the door and nail it. So, and now that I've been on both sides for a long time, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I we did not have auditions for uh, good on paper because uh, Eliza and I were just like, we're not going to put anybody through that process. Oh, so we just that's nice. Brought in the people that we liked and knew. So, you know, we leaned on our community. Well, it worked out so well. And I think <laughs> part of being a professional creative is mastering rejection in a weird way and failure. Oh man. <laughs> I know you kind of have to look at it as like the thousand hours or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. like, Put in a thousand hours of failure. <laughs> yes. Well, I wrote down, there's a great quote at the end of the movie. I wrote down, try not, hopefully I got it right. Try not to lose yourself in what truth means to you, which I think if I'm analyzing it correctly is exactly what we're saying. You know, just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, perception it's, it, I'm so glad that you caught, picked up on that. Cause I, I was looking at my very first pitch document when I was pitching the lies of my take on the movie. And like mm. the first line was like, this movie is about perception. This movie is about how we see ourselves, how we, how we see ourselves, how we think people see us, but those are all very different things. The world is very subjective and mm-hmm. 
you know, like, uh, there are so many truths that are out there and picking which one to believe is often very hard, but yeah, why not pick the one that <laughs> where you're nice, <laughs> like you're nice to each other and you're a nice person. <laughs> yeah. We don't need like an evil Ted talk constantly going on in our head. You know what I mean? Like you can be your, you can be your friend to yourself. <laughs> and evil Ted talk. <laughs> But I, I think it kind of is. I think uh, some days my favorite comedies are the ones where there is also a really wonderful message. And that's what I loved about this movie. But one of the themes and storylines that I loved is the toxicity of comparison that you guys have in there. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with comparison? Because it's so detrimental in our industry. And do you have any advice for not comparing yourself to other people that might be a little further ahead? I mean, I think first of all, you should just recognize it, what you're doing. And then once you recognize it, then you can kind of process past it. But if you're just like, you know, looking at it as jealousy and it's just like, why did they get the part? Why did they get this? If you can turn that, you don't have to like completely get rid of that feeling, but what you should do is just turn it into drive for yourself. Like, okay, mm. I see that they're working hard. I'm also going to work just as hard if, if that's what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to erase that and just, you know, one time in an audition room, I just decided to, instead of like closing myself off and being my own world and just running lines in my head, I just decided to, if they were open to it, have a conversation with people and just talk about how their day was. And I feel like when I came in with that energy into the room, it actually helped my audition Mm. to open myself up. Everybody's got, has their own process, but I think that I was so intimidated by others, just opening myself to like a a conversation where I'm like, Oh, we're all humans. We all are scared. We all are excited. What do you think about this role? Like it just opened me up. And, and actually once I could get rid of that, I was like, Oh, we're all just, we're all just trying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, maybe some people have some bad intentions, but um, uh, I I, I don't think that that's true for the most part. No. And I think that human connection is what life is all about. We all have somebody at our job and auditions, whatever, who we look up to and, and think, oh, they're so annoying. They're doing this to me on purpose, but that's in your own head. It's, it's on you to not think that way. Yeah. They also got the script at 8 PM and had to do t- memorize 10 pages and show up and get dressed and drive in traffic and put on makeup. It's like, we're all doing it, you know? Yeah. And like, it, it is weird to be sitting right next to your quote unquote competition all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe if you look at it as sports <laughs> a little yeah. bit more, I always turn everything into a sports metaphor. <laughs> I feel like they compete all the time and fail yeah. publicly all the time. I mean, baseball players are like the, the kings of like constantly failing <laughs> in front of uh-huh. people, swinging a miss, mm-hmm. like, uh, hit, like, out like catching a ball getting tagged out like you're constantly failing yeah but you gotta keep your head in the game kid i play a coach coach on atypical i (laughs) oh so good so good get your head in the game yeah and And there's room in the stadium for everybody you know what i mean like guys there's room in the stadium for we can all we need you to do the wave okay (laughs) Uh, do the wave but but it is hard i understand because it is hard like it's, it's philosophically i understand all of these things however the thing that was most difficult was just like the financial side of it the real struggle was like mm-hmm. having to be, be up late nights doing you know working uh at my bar job and then having to get up and and like 
pretend I wasn't tired or I had plenty of time to study my lines. Like I totally get that. And I will Mm -hmm. tell you this being on this side, not like completely like I'm not Tom Hanks yet, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're not Tom Hanks. No, I'm not Tom Hanks. (laughs) We have left left the meeting, Rita. Uh, (laughs) But it's, uh, there is still a lot of the work never stops. And so Mm -hmm. really take the time to enjoy the work and just remember that it's 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 part of it. it's always going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it never stops not being work. So just like it's a lot of work, love the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to love it. I think that's such great advice. I also just really want to ask you about Glow because it's yeah. it's one of my favorite shows, and you're so great on it. And I I need to come back somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. It's it just up, uplifts women. You know, it, it's so empowering from a kindness standpoint. What was the experience making that like? It was amazing. Uh, and I think the thing that bonded us all together, because we are an, an inseparable cast. Uh, I had a little uh, party for the film and uh, the Glow Girls came up and it, we were just like, ah! Yes. I saw <laughs> that you're in the photo booth. Yes. Immediately hugging and wrestling. Um, <laughs> the thing that really kind of bonded us together as we all were doing something we had never done before. We all had to learn how to wrestle. So no matter how many years of experience we had had on television, little, a lot, uh, we were all, we all had to baseline trust each other to carry and pick up one, one another and safely place us on the ground mm-hmm. or throw us on the ground. <sighs> and I think that that is something like talk about like your ultimate, like trust fall. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> wrestling is that so it uh it, i think it definitely bonded us just the fact that we had to learn how to wrestle and it affected the whole season it bonded us as a cast and it was so fun i mean we were a full gaggle of women mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know it was so fun to celebrate each other and yes. found, you know i think the most profound thing that everyone learned they everyone came in with one relationship with their body and exited with another, knowing that it was strong, that it could be used for things other than just like being skinny or looking gorgeous. It's like Mm. they're strong, powerful, and can be used to pick literally another person up (laughs) and hold them. (laughs) So literally uplifting women, women uplifting women. I love Literally. that. <laughs> and um, then throwing them to the ground violently. <laughs> <laughs> cut that out, cut that out. No, that's so true. And I think that's exactly like what we just went through with the pandemic. No one was used to that. Nobody knew what to do. And then we come out of it, hopefully appreciating our bodies that we're still here, right? That's that's what I want for everybody. That's what I want for everybody. That's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> and I also like, I think, you know, obviously I, I try to find the positive everything, but yeah, uh, it, it's the the positive that I left with was you know having the opportunity to spend so much time with my family. I have a six year old and husband, mm. and we got to have dinner every night, and that's something we never got to do. You know, the the industry it has punishing hours for families, <laughs> and so it was awesome to be able to really like sit down and get to like hang out and. We play Uno all the time. (laughs) Oh, oh, such a good game. Yeah, this pandemic was literally game nights all the time. Netflix and game nights. Yeah. Is your uh, your six-year-old showing any like creative or comedic flair? Do you have any like funny stories? Very funny. I keep asking her, I'm like, do you want to be an actor? And she's like, well, only in your stuff. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) Here's my idea. I'm just going to hide behind you and you're not going to know I'm there. And then I'm just going to surprise you at random times. I'm like, that sounds great. And I'm like, <laughs> there are scripts that you have to follow. She's like, yeah, but I'm just going to surprise you whenever um, I feel like it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she's like, 
She's like, I know, man. But Netflix picked yeah. that up. Yeah. <laughs> the surprise daughter. Yeah. Um, well. 20 episodes, straight to series. Yeah, it's, it's just you, you. We don't know when. They're an hour long. You're just standing in front of the camera. We don't know when she's going to pop out. You and don't like, know. And, that, and that's the end of the episode. Sometimes they're five minutes. Sometimes they're three hours long. <laughs> yeah. It's scored by John Williams. We have like a Jaws theme going on. Um, I love it. I love it. So speaking of surprises, I have a surprise game. I I reached out to someone in your life for a compliment about you. Oh, oh God. Is this going to make me cry? <laughs> oh, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, mine didn't make you cry. Um, I'll read it. (laughs) So I'm going to read it to you and you're going to guess who said it. Let's say you get two guesses and you can just ask me yes or no questions. Not that I'm really going to know anything, Um, (laughs) but I'll try to help you. Okay. So everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the AOK. It's the compliment, compliment game. Bump. Kimmy is a hardworking, driven and funny loon who always has my back. Plus, she has the best spider legs in the nation. Rebecca! Yes! Yeah, that wasn't too... I didn't think that was going to be too hard. <laughs> Rebecca Johnson, her Glow co-star, and also she's a cameo in Good on Paper, right? She's the steward. Yep, yep. Yeah. She plays that the flight attendant, which she named Rhonda Stewart. Oh! <laughs> I saw that on IMDb. Yeah. Yep. Rhonda Stewart. It was so hilarious. I was like, will you, I, I was like, do you want to play this part? She's like, yes, absolutely. It was just like flight attendant. Uh, and she's like, can I have a name? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you want a name? Or she's like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, she picked a great name. Thank oh, you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. She's the only one who, uh, well, I know two people who um, uh, call my legs spider legs. <laughs> Oh, and are they all from Glow? No, it's the Apple Sisters, Sarah Lowe and Rebecca Johnson. Oh, because I thought it was like a wrestling move or something. Like you wrapped no. your spider legs around them. Like a, no. I don't know. Yeah, so I've been in a comedy group for uh, since 2006. Yeah, with Sarah Lowe, Rebecca Johnson. So we've been comedy partners. Rebecca and I have been comedy partners for a long time. And mm. we sing and dance. We sing 1940s uh, style Andrew Sisters songs uh, while doing slapstick comedy. And wow. um and uh, yeah, I, I just have very skinny legs and <laughs> they're just always like, all right, spider legs is coming out whenever I wear a short skirt. <laughs> Little spider. I need to see the variety show of this. You know, we can sew on some other legs around your body. So you actually have eight if you're interested. Uh, I mean, I was, uh, uh, we did the spider fam for Halloween two years ago. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Well, I've taken up more than enough of your time. Thank you so much for talking with me. I just would love if we could wrap this up by leaving everybody with a kindness tip. Yeah, I guess, you know, empty your head on paper first, and then uh, you can approach the world, I think, uh, with a fresh slate. Wow. I love that. I'm going to put that on a bumper sticker. I'm going to like go start an Etsy (laughs) shop called Empty Your Head. Thank you so much, Kimmy. You are the best. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Take it easy. And thank you for watching the movie. Uh, I hope it gets in the top 10. Oh my gosh. Watch it again tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. Everybody watch it. It's streaming on Netflix. Watch it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much again. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. Kimmy Gatewood. Oh, I love talking to her so much. She invited me to Thanksgiving. You guys heard that, right? I'm going to go. 
I mean, I'm just waiting on an invitation and an address. <laughs> All right, calm down. It's only July. 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 I'll make stuffing. Thank you so much again for chatting with us, Kimmy. If you have not seen her film Good on Paper, go to Netflix right now, grab some popcorn, and watch it. It is a treat. And then follow Kimmy. Stay up to date with her on social media at Kimmy Gatewood. And while you're there, why not give us a follow too at Art of Kindness Pod on Instagram. I'm at Rob Peter Paul. If you want to come say hey, I love connecting with you guys. And I really want to form a kindness community. Oh, audio hug. And since it's our third episode, why not throw in a third shout out? Am I right? Kimmy and I have mutual friends, the amazing folks at Resonate Entertainment. Resonate Entertainment is an innovative new entertainment company founded by incredible industry leaders in the film world. They bring their unparalleled experience and creativity to every single production. And it's laid on a beautiful foundation of wanting to serve the very lucrative but highly underserved female audience. Their films are empowering. They're fun. They recently did a Netflix film as well called Feel the Beat. They have a Disney Channel movie called Upside Down Magic. And they've got a lot of amazing stuff in the works. So definitely check them out. All right, now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. This week's tip is truly good on paper. Between Kimmy talking about her new movie and putting your thoughts down on paper, it reminded me of one of my favorite things to do. Your kindness tip of the week is leave love notes. Handwrite a sweet note to someone you live with or work with and leave it for them to find in the morning. If you live alone, hey, write one for yourself. Imagine tumbling out of bed and stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition. Sorry. (laughs) singing outburst number two. But I did, I I reined it in, right? I stopped it. You can write yourself a little note of encouragement or an affirmation and leave it for your sleepy self to find in the morning. What a great way to start the day, huh? Cassie and I have very different schedules since she's a teacher and I work from home. Teachers, bless you all for waking up so early. I'll often sneak into the kitchen at night and leave a little note or treat for her to find in the morning. Then when I roll out of bed, I often find that she's left me one back. We actually got into a really nice rhythm of doing this for each other. So we look forward to waking up no matter how early just to see what we wrote one another. I used to save them all, but I'm a hoarder, so don't take that piece of advice. If you do write some love notes or take any of our kindness tips, I would love to see. Please take a photo or a video and tag us on social media. Again, we are at Art of Kindness Pod. We'd also love to hear what tips you have to offer. So please lay them on me. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Until next time, remember, everything's going to be A-OK. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.